When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut to it, cut to it, let's get down to it, cut to it. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. You ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. Cause you know it's on. It's on. Cause you know it's on. Yeah, you needed, a, you needed a black nickname anyway. Now your name's Scooter. Scooter. <laughs> it's always a black Scooter. What somewhere. up? Hey, how you guys doing? Steve Smith Sr. here. And G, um, welcome Yo, to the what podcast. Up, what up, what up? When else DS? My Spanish is rusty, so I don't know is how that, to respond. Is that right? Buenos dias? Well, yeah. Buenos tardes, if it's afternoon. Buenos noches, if it's good night. You ain't uh, know I was a little bilingual. You ain't bilingual. <laughs> anyway, we got our booking manager on here, Joe Fusi, nicknamed Scooter. Yeah, a.k.a. Backstage Joe. He usually yeah. backstage, but backstage. now we, we, we brought him We brought him to the limelight. Yes, right now. so Joe's, Joe's one of our homeboys and mm-hmm. good dude. Very uh, talented businessman. Yeah, I, makes I, a lot of this happen. This but I tell you what, no his ass happen. is not. What's that? He is not a good communicator on this su- subject Ooh. at hand. So we were talking this weekend, and Joe has a boat. Mm-hmm. And Joe loves to go on his boat. Now, Joe loves to play golf with Smitty. Yeah. But Smitty ain't as good as Joe, but mm-hmm. Smitty got the membership, and <laughs> Joe got the boat. <laughs> So and this is a nice boat. This ain't no it, shrimp no, boat. This, this ain't, ain't no, this stuff. ain't no shrimp this ain't boat. This is a this good is, boat. This is a nice boat. And so Joe loves being on a boat. Mm-hmm. And his beautiful wife Kim says, "Look, if you get the boat, you can't have a country club membership." So Joe's on. You know, uh, Joe's my golfing buddy. I love hanging out with him. Mm-hmm. Great dude, business as well. Helps me with a lot of stuff. So me and Joe chilling, and I know. So I, I get some shoes. Uh, for, do some yard work, mm-hmm. and so they have these cool, like, boots, but they're mm-hmm. waterproof, and so I can hose them down. Yeah, 
and not get my socks wet. And I hate wet socks. Mm. Like that is like touche. Oh yeah. Like I'm yeah. Like two things. Like yard that yard work that I hate. Wet socks and picking up dog poop. But I got a dog, so I pick up dog poop. So the only thing I can really get away with is not having wet socks. So I say, man, these these shoes, and then I discover that this these boots, they also make boat shoes. Okay. So I'm gonna read you a text. Okay. Good morning, Joe. Quick question. What shoe size are you? Morning, Steve. I am a ten and a half to eleven and a half. So he gave you a range. Depends on the style. So at this time, Joe did not know I am trying to order these shoes as I am texting him. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, you just need one size. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, all right, hmm. Let me gather up something that we can all identify with. Mm-hmm. Generally, Nikes, depending on Nikes, run small. So I said, what size are you in Jordans? Okay. And here's where it gets interesting. Scooter. I'm here. I'm okay, here. <laughs> here we go. What up, Joe? What's going on, fellas? He goes, I said, what size? And I even SZ oh, okay. in Jordans. So now I'm into like cutting we're, it to like, we're hey. In the specifics, yeah, right? Hey, yeah, we, what we size? Cut to it. I got the laptop up. Yeah. It got two pair of sizes left. I want to get my boy some, some, some boat shoes. Mm-hmm. All right. I wear an 11. <laughs> oh, my God. And the 11 half, if I tighten them up. Oh. Now. Tighten up, Jordan. So I go back up. That's a and I said, right there. First of all, he's a 10 and a half to 11 and a half. And now he's a 11. But if I tighten them up, 11 and a half. So here is. I don't ever want to see you wear Here is my case. reply. I'm so not proud of this. Here is my <laughs> reply. What blankety blank size are you, bro? <laughs> I don't want the hood size when you can't afford to pass up what they're giving you. Grown ass man, you walking, <laughs> you walking into a shoe store to get a pair of vans. What size can I get you, sir? Joe <laughs> reply is you can get me size 11. 11. I said not in between sizes. I've looked that up. There is no size between 10 and a half and 11 and a half. And there's definitely no size for 11 and a half when I tighten them up. Yeah. He's like, dang, why are you on me so bad? I said, reread your reply and see why. Dot, dot, dot. This whole time I'm trying to order you a pair of shoes. And I got to read this. <laughs> can, can I jump in here for a jump, second? Jump, please. Scoop, can I please jump, jump in here? Are your, oh, first off, are your Jordans tied tight right now? No, they are not okay. tied. Hey, so, guess what shoes he's wearing currently right now? Vans. Oh, Thank okay. you. So I really don't have an excuse for this. <laughs> I really so thought, I, really thought I was being good friend Joe. Because you know, like when somebody's going to, I felt the vibe somebody was getting me something. Okay. You know how you want, like, you get that gift from an aunt and, like, it's a sweater <laughs> with a v neck and, like, you don't want to act like you don't You're really like weird it. really wear the v neck. And I know Steve <laughs> knows me well enough to know it's going to be nice. So I'm just trying to be open guy. And then I go back and read and I was thoroughly, thoroughly embarrassed. 
I was stuttering, if you can do that in text. I was like, how do you stutter in a text message? I was yeah. giving 9, 11 sizes. Like he said, I felt like growing up when your big friend gives you them old shoes. Man, I put four pairs of socks on as long as I can get them and they fit. So, I'm like, um, man, you're a, you a grown-ass man. Why are you tightening up? Yeah, don't don't. Like, I've, I've been at ever, I said, what ever, size? Ever, 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 ever see you tightening up. I said, Jay. what size are you? Between e- 10 and a half and 11. 10 and a half is a size. Yeah. 11 is a size. 11, 11 half is, is a size. three sizes. There's no 10.75. No. <laughs> even if, you're, even if you're sh- your right foot is bigger than your left quarters. foot, you still have to buy two different pairs of shoes yeah. to discover he, he which tried, one. He tried to give you a damn fitted hat size, <laughs> and it's a shoe. I said, bro. I said, reread what you said. I did, and I apologized, and I'm thankful for the gift I'm receiving. I didn't even order the shoes because I was so irritated. Oh, so you didn't even get them. I didn't, so I, all of this. I was irritated. I'm like, still didn't order them. Hell no, nah, I didn't order them because the whole time I'm going through this banter like, what's what size do you wear? Man, this is like 8.30 in the morning, and I'm like, I was getting was like Saturday? ripped apart. Sunday. Sunday. I was ripped apart for like, this one, I'm for like 20 minutes, and it's all my fault. It's 100% I take ownership. My fault. It's COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but the best part about it is when I finally got it down, I'm 11. We did all of this. That's your size. Just cut to it, bro. That's all you had to do. I know. Awful. Let's just cut to our guest now. Yeah, who is our guest? Coming up on the Cut To It podcast, we got Mark Ingram running back for the Baltimore Ravens. He's a three-time Pro Bowl winner. He was a Heisman Trophy winner in Alabama, and he's married to his wife, Chelsea. They got four beautiful kids. Mark Ingram on the Cut To It podcast. Thank you for joining the podcast, bro. Sure, man. Appreciate y'all having me on. So we're going to go into a segment we call Get Iced Up. It's our version of icebreakers, man. So what we're going to do, we've got some random questions. It might be a follow-up, might not. You know how Agent 89 is, so I'm going to let him go ahead and give you the first one, all right? Bet. All right. All right. If you were an animal, what would you be and why? I'd probably be like a grizzly bear or something because that thing fast, strong, elusive, and ain't nobody hunting a grizzly bear. That thing is just the ultimate predator. So probably like that or a lion or something. Something that ain't going to be on the food chain getting eaten up by other animals. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So do you prefer baths or showers? I need a shower after I'm working out, but I do love my Epsom soap, soaks. So, um, you know, showers is mandatory, but, you know, I love being in that bath with the Epsom salt and, you know, putting together that, that soft, you know, that secret sauce to help their body recover. So. I might have to go with both on that. He just gave like, us the honest answer. Because the man answer would have just been a shower. You know what I'm saying? Man, shower. I ain't doing no bath. Yeah. Hey, man, sure. I don't know. Maybe y'all too manly to have that Epsom soft soap after sore day in the heat. But I ain't. You know what I mean? I'm retired. Yeah. I'm in air conditioning, so I ain't in the heat no more. Yeah. <laughs> you never did no Epsom salt baths, bro? Yeah, I did. I, yeah. I, I didn't say it was anything wrong with it. I just wanted to know, would you be forthright? That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. I like the shower. So, so the last book you f- you did not finish, and you cannot say the Bible. The last book I did not finish. Mm-hmm. Shoot, that's tough. I mean, the last book I picked up, I read the whole thing flew through it. I ain't picked up another book since. So, <laughs> which one? <laughs> Just give us the one. You, give us the one you read then. It was called Not a Fan. 
Um, it's basically a book about, you know, being a devoted follower to, uh, you know, to Christ. Okay. And um, uh, basically, are you a fan of Jesus Christ or are you a follower mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ? So what you, you learn at that book? Man, it was just very convicting, man. Um, it was just numerous chapters of just, you know, encouragement and, and, and obviously, you know, being convicted. Like, you know, a lot of guys say that they, they, they follow Jesus, but do you pick up your cross daily? Do you follow him? Do you um, spread his word to others? Do, do you talk how you're supposed to be talking uh, around people that don't know you? Um, you know, it, it's his light shining through you. You know what I mean? It just dives into that in, in many different aspects and many different examples on how to be um, a completely devoted follower and not just a fan. I like that. I like that. That's, that's what's up right there. <clears throat> All right, last one. Tell me one person not in your immediate family, a confidant that you trust, and name that individual. Well, other than my blood relatives, this guy is like a blood relative to me. His name is William Nelson. That's my uncle. Um, I call him my uncle because he's like my uncle. He's my father's best friend. Um, it was there, uh, you know, for me, you know, been to every single one of my football games, my professional football games, and he lives in Baltimore. So he would always fly wow. to all my games. And all of a sudden, now I'm here in Baltimore. So now he just drives, you know, 15 minutes up the road to the stadium. But that's my Uncle Bubby. I call him Bubby. Uncle okay. Bub. Everybody Uncle got Bub. a nickname. Yeah, Uncle true. Bub, but his real name William Nelson. So shout out to Bub. <laughs> all right, let's 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 get into who you are, where you are, and where you're from. So where are you from, and where do you consider your hometown? I'm from Flint, Michigan, and that's what I consider my hometown. That's where all my family is living, my mother, my father, my sisters, um, aunts, cousins, grandma, grandpa. Um, basically that's where I'm from and that's what I claim. Flint, Michigan, 810 all day, Flintstones. What experiences growing up in Flint, Michigan, um, what were those experiences like for you? Man, uh, yeah, that's where I'm from. I have a long story of like, you know, being, you know, moving around as a child, but through my main years growing up as a young, growing into a young man, you know, I was in Michigan. So, um, just, um, my father was incarcerated a little bit at the time. So just being able to have to take a, a bigger role in my family for my younger sisters, um, pick up some way for my mom who was working two jobs, just to make sure that I stay focused on what I need to do to make sure that, um, you know, my dad always told me he made enough mistakes where I didn't have to make any. So um, I always just try to stay focused, get around the right people, surround myself with positive people and people who love me. So, um, you know, I just always learn how to, you know, keep a small circle, keep a circle of those who believe in you and, um, so I, I definitely learned that and just um, the, importance, the importance of a dollar, you know what I mean? Um, importance of treating people the right way, um, being tough. You know, it's not a easy city to grow up in. Um, I'm thankful that my parents, my mother, you know, obviously worked two jobs to, you know, move us like, you know, into the suburbs away from my grandpa's house um, that was in the heart of Flint. So um, we moved to the suburbs and mom sent me to a, a good school and stuff like that. So, um and uh, everything that I've been through in my life basically shaped the man I am today from my, my, my mother, my father, my grandparents. Um, lots of ups and downs throughout life that just helped me develop into who I am today. So you used a, a key word for me, a shape. How did growing up shape you and impact your view on the world today? Um, it shaped me and helped me view the world today because... I just always had positive influences in my life. 
And um, my, my grandmother was a, you know, a superintendent in the schools. My mother was a social worker. Um, my father had played 10 years in the NFL. Um, I had many family members and good friends around me that just always, you know, showered me with love and positivity. Never um, did I have to, you know, be in the streets or doing things that, you know, that, I, I, that uh, you know, wasn't, that, that wasn't good, you know what I mean? Um, my parents and my loved ones held me to a high standard. They expected high things of me. If I didn't have above a 3.0 GPA, they wouldn't let me play, even uh, play sports. Um, so, you know, even though you might be eligible for a school, I brought home that report card and I didn't have a 3.0. Um, now my parents were sitting me out. So one time I brought it home, uh, I had a couple C's, maybe a D on there. And uh, whatever it was, they weren't happy. I was in seventh grade. No, I was in the sixth grade. And um we had a little AAU game, and I had to tell my teammates that I couldn't play. And they were all wondering why I couldn't play. And um, I had to tell them my grades weren't right. And so I know, ever since that day, I knew they wasn't bluffing about my school and me being accountable uh, to handle my priorities. So um, I know that might be long-winded, but basically they shaped me to be a positive person who likes to be around positive people, people who love me genuinely for who I am. And uh, I just like to be encouraging and positive and just spread that same love, spread that same light to others around me, you know, do the best that I could do and whatever it may be, whether it was sports, school, uh, or, you know, mowing the lawn or moving something for, you know, uh, auntie or something that needed to move houses, whatever it may be. So always do, do my best, surround myself with positive people and try to spread that positivity to others as well. We have to take a break and more than anything, we got to pay some bills. Mm-hmm. You get checked. I love cut to it, and I I love it even more when you download us and subscribe. And you can follow us on social media too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at cut to it on Instagram. What about Twitter? At cut to it. Facebook. Cut to it featuring Steve Smith Senior. What about online? And you can follow us at cut to it where you can buy merch. And you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. Cut to it, podcast.com. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year. And what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. 
every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Would you you share with us how your standards have shaped you into the man that you are now and even as the player that we know you to be? Man, like I said, man, my, my father, you know, played 10 years. You know, my grandfather was crucial in my life. My mother, um, they just always held me to a high standard. So uh, to do my best, to perform at, at, at the highest of my ability, to put the work in because nothing's going to be given to you. Everything that you get, you're going to have to earn it. Um, if you don't have some, everybody's going to feel bad for you and just, you know, give it to you. So you have to put in the hard work. You have to put in the man hours. You have to put in, um, you know, the labor in order to achieve the things that you want in life. And, um, you know, them instilling those in me, being tough on me at a young age when I didn't know, you know, uh, why they was being tough on me. Um, you know, I appreciate it now, being a parent of four and um, just being able to reach the, you know, reach what I have in my career and in my life. I appreciate my mother, my father, my grandfather for being tough on me and for holding me to that high of a standard because that's how, that's how I live my life now. That's how I want my children to live their life. I want them to be the best they can be at whatever they choose to do. And in order to do that, you have to put in the hard work. You have to have your priorities straight. You have to have your mental, you know, you have to have your mental uh, focus, you know, in, in, in order. And uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all those things, you know, you just have to believe in yourself. Surround yourself with positive people. Surround yourself with people who genuinely love you, who don't have any ulterior motives. And, um, you know, the world's yours. You know, the sky's the limit for you. So I appreciate them. And uh, clearly, I wouldn't be who I am today without those people in my life. Tell me about playing high school football because how it is for you, because my son played college. Uh, He he played high school soccer and being a professional athlete, he was always dealing with people uh, talking smack like, oh, Steve Smith can't help you out here. And it's like, (laughs) bro, he's first of all, he's playing soccer. And (laughs) second, I'm on the sideline. Like this is his game. So I, what his, what was it like to be the son of an NFL football player and then also playing football as well because you're trying to follow in your father yeah. f- follow in your father's footsteps yeah. and, then, and then you got you got folks coming at you one you're intimidating to them cuz now you have a lineage yeah. 
Like, look, come look, little Mark. Come yeah. little Mark. Here come little Mark. That's fully yeah, yeah. like yeah. Big Mark. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, but like you said, um, I can I can empathize with your son. But um, one thing that always stood out to me was my father was like, you don't have to live up to me. You know what I mean? But that's easier said than done. You know, because right. everywhere you go, you know, in any article that was ever written on me in high school, it was yeah. like, you know, son of Super Bowl champion, you know, 10-year veteran, Mark Ingram, you know what I mean, senior. So uh, everywhere you went, you had that kind of stigma, like, you know, little Mark, you know, or Mark Jr., you know what I mean? Um, but my father just did such a good job of keeping me focused and not necessarily uh, – making me feel that pressure because he always told me that like I just had to do my best and he poured everything he had all his knowledge all his wisdoms all his uh, failures all his successes he poured that into me and so um with the natural ability that I was blessed with from birth uh, from my parents and from the good lord and along with just uh you know great support system from my father from my mother um you know I didn't feel that pressure from the outside world I just felt like I had to do what I needed to do, believe in myself, work my butt off, and that I'd be able to accomplish my dreams. You know, I had high goals and high dreams for myself. It, it's, it's, it, is, it is tough, though, you know, being a son of a, you know, a legend. You know, it's like Steve Smith, you know, Hall of Fame, age of 89, you know what I mean? So I can empathize with your son. But um, even playing football, even playing sports, like, I felt like I got more respect from people than anything. Like, and really, people really wouldn't mess with me. But, like, they, they would, like, mess around a little bit, but, like, I never really had no bad stories of somebody saying like, yeah, your daddy can't help you out here today. Like, nah, I ain't really had no stories like that because I don't know. I don't know. I was just. I think a lot too is your, the way your dad played and the way football at that time where you were growing up is nothing compared to that of today because right. of how the much. Social media, yeah. all like the, the highlights oh, everywhere. Why, why do you think that? Well, the access has changed because our gotcha. you, you, baseball used to be America's pastime. Now football mm-hmm. is America's pastime and America's current rep. That's what we stream. consume the most. Yeah. We're consuming so much, 24 hours a day, hard knocks, mm-hmm. um, NFL films, all of the mic'd up. 24 hours. Bro, you got mic'd, the center's mic'd up to yeah. be able to hear the cadence from the quarterback. Yeah. Certain players each game are mic'd up. Mm-hmm. But then there are players – like the center's consistently mic'd up. Yeah. So when you have all of that going on, you know, I mean, you see all the different streaming systems we have, the access, the access was not the same. Mm-hmm. The social media, that's crazy. Yeah. The smack like, talking was the same, yeah. but we wasn't having hot mics. Yeah, you weren't hearing everything. You wasn't hearing mm-hmm. dudes over there dog cussing and yeah. talking about people. And like even looking at the, the bubble for the NBA, you're hearing everything, man. everything you're hearing, yeah. pick and roll yep. strategy conversations that in the stadiums were fans. You wouldn't be able to hear it. You wouldn't Plus be able to hear it. Because they need all that content. Exactly. Yeah. So, need that content. Some of the stuff that's said on the field ain't meant for people to hear. So they want you to be mic'd <laughs> up and all this, but some of that stuff ain't meant. You got to sell it back. Ask age 89 if he scales some stuff back. I've seen him hemming people up by the face mask, collar, everything. You know what I mean? when, you're in that, when you're in that heat, boy, you can't. Ain't no turning it off. If you're a real dog, you can't turn it off. Man, <laughs> you know, it's amazing. Is uh, playing against Mark all those years in Carolina, he didn't really talk or hear him because I didn't play defense. Yeah. But he would hear me talk, 
and he played offense and I would always see him. He'd be like, looking like he wanted to say something, but he was on the other side. Yeah. And it was one of those things. It's funny to see him now as a Raven. Cause he's like coming to his own. Mm -hmm. That's who he you, is. He fit in. He always, yeah. he's always been a, a talker. Cause he, he's the lineage of football. Like yeah. he's from that old school. If his grandfather was in his life, his grandfather yeah. taught him, you better learn how to, you, you, you better learn how to write checks. Right. Yeah. And, and even if you bounce a few, like, don't tell nobody. Right. And don't Mark, ask nobody you, for nothing either. Yeah. Mark, why do you think you was able to come into your own more so to what Smitty said as as a Raven? Because as a as a as a consumer of football, I definitely see it more like you introducing Lamar, big trust, like all of a sudden you burst into the scene with Baltimore. Why, why do you think that's the case? Man, I just think um maybe uh I've always been the same person. I mean, you could ask any of my teammates from the time I was a rookie, but um I just think maybe New Orleans was a little bit more conservative, you know what I mean? And um, <laughs> and, and um, I just wasn't out there too much, like until I think like the uh, the year when me and Alvin was going off when he was a rookie, yep. one rookie year we both went to the Pro Bowl. I think people started to see it, but that's how I am like daily with my people, my guys who I trust and who I love and who I you know have blood, sweat, and tears with. Like we always enjoy each other, we always high energy, always just good positive energy, and. Um, I just think when I came to the Ravens, man, I just fell into a, a great spot. I remember I, I used to watch the Ravens over the years, you know, a big football fan, and just I always admired the way they played the game. Um, tough, physical, you know, strong defense, um, playmakers on offense, you know, running the ball, being physical. Um, so I always, like, admired the Ravens from afar. And then when I came here, man, my teammates accepted me with open hands. The organization accepted me with open hands. And, um, you know, we had a great year. And – um Obviously, generated a lot of content, like, you know what I mean? Generated a lot of content. And uh, the thing with Lamar, that was crazy, man. Uh, we were doing a presser after one of the big games, and um, they told me, they were like, Mark, you need to go like go up there like introduce Lamar when you're done. I'm like, man, no, that's QB1. Say much. Nah, he ain't going to say nothing. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, that's QB1, bro. Like, he should go to the podium first, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, no, nah, you like, you know, veteran, OG. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I went up there. And um, I'm about to get off the stage, and I'm like, oh, hold on. You know, I'd like to introduce y'all to the man, the myth, the legend, and blah, 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 blah. And Matt Judon over there talking about, yeah, big trust. I'm like, yeah, big trust. And, you know, uh, you know, you know, uh, Steve, you know, whoop. You know how we do whoop, breaking the team meet, breaking the team meetings. And so uh, uh, Judon was like, whoop. And I was like, whoop, whoop. Big trust. <laughs> Yes, sir. You know what I mean? So uh, I get home, bro. I'm thinking, you know, my interview is over. I get home after the game. My phone is blown oh, up. On Sunday night. It's all on Sunday night. I'm like, man, this is crazy. I done went viral. You, you, you improv the whole thing. You didn't You didn't know you was going to say any of that. You improv the whole thing? Bro, I literally was just, I was bullshitting. Like, for real. <laughs> Like, I was serious about what I was saying, but like I was really just, you just like being yourself. Around, and then you know he made the whole tagline for the whole season for the Ravens. Uh, Big trust everything. You, it was crazy how it happened, bro. It was crazy. Cause like I tell y'all, I was serious about the words I was saying, but I was really bull crapping around, like you know, just playing. Oh man, we gotta get you on. We gotta get you on the episode of Wildin' Out. Then if you that good at improv, bro, it's it's funny though. It has to do with where you are. Yeah. Right, yeah. it has to do with the culture and all mm -hmm. that stuff because we have this segment talk about let's talk ball. So we're gonna talk about ball, mm -hmm. which is you know talking about kind of one of the some of the things that have gone on. And what's interesting is knowing knowing Mark and how he is, 
and playing against them and being two offensive guys, bro, they used to be some battles and conversations that I would have against the defense that I know them boys went on the other side and that's why I didn't say nothing, Steve. I wanted to say something to you, but I don't want to make you madder because I know you're already <laughs> mad at them. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to keep it cordial, like, damn. And so it's funny is we literally, and this is a story that doesn't really get out much, but the dude that I'm the coolest with is Coach Payton. But there were times in the middle of the game, me and Coach Payton was dog cussing each other. <laughs> I already know. Because Coach, Coach Payton talked back to you. You and Coach was? Yes. I would catch a pass. <laughs> I catch a pass. And you talking like, shit too. And I would, so I would. On your sideline, he'll catch like a third. On his sideline. I catch a pass on a sideline and I go, got this weak ass corner coach uh, covering me today. I'm going to wear his ass out. Coach. Getting in the ball, talking mess <laughs> to Sean. Who was it? Talking mess right back. Just be a and then Peyton was saying, man, shut your ass up. Get your ass in the huddle. <laughs> and I turned back. You did talking you too. Did you shut up? No, I didn't shut up. <laughs> All that did is the next play, I'm in Carolina, next play, we were doing a run play. Oh, I'm murking that 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 corner into the sideline just yeah. to show them. And I used to do little things like that. And it was – and that was – because I was in Carolina, a smaller market, it wasn't shown a lot. But there was a lot of conversations that were going on between me and Coach Payton. And it was twice a year, every year. Every know? year. Twice a year, every year. Them was some thug brawls. <laughs> them was some brawls. You had some real dogs out there brawling. Them Carolina Saints games, man, you knew. You had to bring your hard hat and your lunch pail, boy. That you knew that. Yeah, it, it, but it was tough, but it was only those games. That, but yet you go to Baltimore, and every game is like that. Mm -hmm. It's a black and blue division, which – Everything you see about balling and, and being in two organizations, loving two organizations, but I love both of them in mm -hmm. different ways. Yeah. Carolina is one of those places, man, where you want a real good, where you want a real good cocktail or a good um, tailgate, yeah. right? You go to, you go to Carolina, they'll have the wheat, wine and the, the, the wine, wine and cheese, cheese crowd. Yeah. But man, when you go to Baltimore. What's it like? What's it like there? It's just it's different when you compare the two. I'm yeah. not gonna say that. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm definitely not saying. I, I'm not that. saying one or two are better, but it's so different. And yeah. you can. And the reason In I know it's different because look at Mark. You seeing yeah. the personality that Mark mm -hmm. has. You seeing how who he is has not changed. Mm -hmm. He just has found. He's comfortable finding his voice. So, Mark, in the ball aspect, how comfortable were you in your own skin in New Orleans? And then you seem to be cocooning into a true butterfly now in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, I was super comfortable in my own skin in New Orleans. You know, um, obviously there was um, times earlier in my career, um, I, I felt like, you know, my role wasn't always ideal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, had some injuries early, but, um, you know, um, I love New Orleans, man. They drafted me. I spent eight years there, man, and the goal was to try to stay. Um, but, you know, it, it didn't end up working out. And I still got love for everybody in that organization, from Sean Payton to Mickey Loomis to Drew Brees to every single other person, Alvin, you know, Cam Jordan. It's my brother, 
came into uh, draft uh, 2011 draft together, both first round picks by the Saints. So um, those moments in that city, I've developed relationships in that city that will last forever. And um, just being able to, you know, free agency last year, um, not knowing what's going to happen. Baltimore pursued me heavy. And when I got here, man, they uh, we flew my family up here, uh, my children, and we had big welcome baskets, um, you know, just showing so much love to my wife, my children, everybody. And like I said, like the whole team, whole organization just welcomed me with open arms. That made me feel comfortable. And like they let you be yourself here up at Baltimore. You know that, Steve. Um, they, they let you be yourself, man. As long as you're going to be a professional and um, you're going to go to work, and play to the best of your ability, they don't, they, they let you be yourself. And so uh, I'm super comfortable in my own skin here. I know um, everyone in, everyone in this organization, man, is just supportive and dope. And uh, it's just a great organization, man. I remember meeting, uh, knowing so many guys who play for Raven from Ben Watson to Danelle Ellerby to Jacoby Jones, um, you know, Steve over the years, you know, um, I don't know if I mentioned Ben Watson again, but, um, so many guys have spoke so many so so highly to the organization, and I can see why being here now for a year, and uh, you know I'm here again for this year. So hopefully I can you know be here a while, man, and uh, you know win some championships, playing some great ball. But I'm comfortable in my own skin, confident in myself, and I just try to prepare to play at the highest level, be the best person I could be. I think it's about that time. Just uh, take a little breather. Good to it. Good to it. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man 
take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 2009, you and a sugar bowl, y'all get y'all ass mocked. Oh, <laughs> and I was at the game in Are New Orleans uh, with Peyton, uh-huh. uh, Jordan Gross, and we see the game, University of Utah beats Alabama. Doesn't matter because they came <laughs> back the next year and dogged uh, so I hope you tell us today. Yes, <laughs> I was gonna say that. Thank you. Yeah, we 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 were we we were y'all. We weren't even a dress rehearsal. They were like, ah, we might play them today. Okay, we are gonna play. Show up next year. Given the fact that we just were, you know, our heart, we were heartbroken because we couldn't win that championship no more. Yep. We, we might have took y'all lightly, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, y'all, y'all beat our ass though in New Orleans. You know what I mean? Whatever so. you want to say, we got that win, so that's all. That, that was, was balling though. I can't <laughs> lie, but we had some really... big tall corner over there. Yes, uh, Sean Smith. That yeah, up. he was about six five standing in the corner. I'm like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, y'all balled that day for sure. <laughs> so too, man, is you personally were going through a lot and, you know, you talked about your dad and what he's experienced he said he's allowed his failures mm-hmm. and some of the things that he's done and he's been, been transparent. Uh, he's been very transparent. Take us down that path of where you, you and your dad's relationship is because, you know, let's be honest. We have a lot of stigmas as athletes, a lot of stigma as black athletes that we don't know how to do things the right way or we we, we don't utilize the opportunities. And so just kind of talk to us really about your relationship with your dad and really what he has, what transpired for you as a young man, what that has done for you as now a, a father yourself. Right. Man, my relationship with my father is the best relationship you can have with a father, man. That's my dude. You know what I mean? That's my guy. Um, obviously, you know, he's made some mistakes, um, but I don't hold that against him. Everything he did, uh, you know, was to make sure uh, our family was good. And um, I'm not saying that was right or wrong, but I love my I love my dad regardless. Good, bad, or right, wrong, or indifferent. That's my dude, man. And uh, I wouldn't be who I am without him today. Every crucial decision that I made in my life, he was right there with me, you know, deciding the pros, the cons. I, I wouldn't be here without him. I wouldn't have the success that I've had in my career. Uh, I may not have went to Alabama without him. I may not have transferred schools uh, from my junior year to my senior year without him. And all that is a ripple effect uh, to where I'm at now to this day. So um, not only in sports, but in life. Uh, like I told you, he said he's made enough mistakes for both of us. So um, that I shouldn't have to make the mistakes. So um, just him pouring wisdom, pouring knowledge, pouring experiences, pouring uh, pour, pouring successes and failures um, into my life uh, just helped me uh, elevate. It helped me develop into a man who appreciates the moment, appreciates people, and um, you know 
every 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 opportunity is precious. Every opportunity you have to seize it, and um, you know you can't lose it. You got to take advantage of it, and um, you know he taught me that you know several times over. This uh, this next segment we got coming up is called the Deep Three. It's three questions that we ask that even go a little bit deeper than that, but it goes beyond your jersey, goes beyond you know. Uh, your shoulder pads, your helmet, all that stuff. So, Smitty, go ahead and give him the first one. When you are 95 years old, what would you want Lil Mark, Mark the Third, to say about you? I want him to say that I was a loving father, a supportive father, a father that worked his ass off to um, get him, his sisters, his children, and their children ahead in life. Um, a man who loved the Lord, a man who loved Jesus, who spread uh, his light, you know, uh, across the world uh, and changed lives for eternity. Um, I want him just to know his father uh, loved Jesus, that he worked his butt off, whether it was in football, whether it was being a businessman, whether um, whatever my post-career holds for me, I want him to know that. Um, I want him to know and believe that I worked my butt off and try to be the best at every single thing that I did. When I worked out and uh, Whatever I do, you know what I mean? I'm striving to be the best. I'm trying to learn and grow and uh, pass down knowledge, pass down wisdom. And I, I just want him to know that, like I, like, like I said, man, that I was a hard worker. I love my family, that uh, I love Jesus, and that, uh, you know, I, I created a legacy for him, his, his children, their children, and, uh, and beyond. <laughs> How are you impacting the world right now? And the second part of that is, how do you want to impact the world in five years? Right now, I'm trying to be the best person I could be. I'm trying to bring positive light, positive energy to um, bring a change just in our world. You know, we're dealing with so much between the virus, between uh, injustice, between racism. Um, I just want to be a part of that change. And um, being a part of that change is going out voting electing our officials who prosecute people, um, you know, choosing officials that will, you know, not, not, not charge children as adults who will, 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 will do away with mandatory minimums and do away with petty crimes and petty sentences of such. And, um, you know, it, it takes generations to do with racism, do away with racism. And I think we're trying to um, get ahead of that right now. We're trying to use this momentum to really make positive change for, for our future. But um, one thing that we actively can be doing is voting. And, uh, voting obviously for our president, but voting for your, your, your local prosecuting attorneys, uh, your local judges, um, doing, doing due diligence in that, in, in that fact, in that way, you know, to make positive change. That's one way we can make change. And um, obviously, uh, uh, you know, I love Jesus Christ, and um, you know, I, I've been on a couple uh, missionary trips. So just trying to spread spread the word of the Lord, um, try to reach people who haven't been reached, who doesn't even know the Lord, and um, you know, to spread words and change lives for eternity that way. So um, trying to be the best father, the best husband, the best uh, son, the best brother, the best person, the best teammate I could be, and um, you know, just make a positive change in the world as well. Final question: Where are you in the book of life? And where do you want to go from here? In the book of life, man, I'm thriving. I'm thriving, man. <laughs> I like that, and, uh, <laughs> I'm thriving. So um, 
I'm 30 years old and I'm thriving. I'm feeling better than I ever felt. Yeah, you, so I mean, you're in the middle of the book. You at the forward. I mean, I'm in. I mean, I'm hoping I'm living like 120. So. I'm, <laughs> hopefully I'm healthy and moving and agile around 120 years old, you know, so I guess I'm in the first quarter of the book still, you know what I mean? So uh, I'm thriving. I'm in the first quarter of the book. You know, I'm thriving, man. I got a beautiful wife. I got four healthy kids. Uh, I feel like I'm in the prime of my career playing football. I feel like uh, I still have a lot more great years ahead of me to play this game. And uh, I don't know what's in store for me for my post career, but, um, you know, I'm excited. I'm thriving. I'm blessed. I'm healthy and uh, trying to be the best I could be, man. So I guess I'm, you know, maybe it might start the second quarter of the book, you know, in 2021. <laughs> well, hey, we appreciate your time. Absolutely, Mark. We appreciate uh, you coming on. We understand, you know, you're up against everything, and we, we appreciate you taking all of the time you had. We also, man, just love, um, just love seeing this part of Mark that mm -hmm. we haven't, you know, it's, eight, nine years, and then you get to Baltimore, and there's just a part of you that we haven't seen before. It's always been in there. So I would tell you, man, don't change that. Mm -hmm. Keep letting us see that energetic. You're talking about yeah. positive big energy. energy. Yeah. Man, great energy. Um, doing, a, you know, doing it big and you know, being a part of that organization and still part of that organization. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's always respect. And you know what they say, man, once a raven. Always a raven. He's high energy, but he's also high energy in his life. His his desire to to to, to please the Lord, to please his family, to to be something, make something out of himself, and also represent his pop, represent yeah. his family, and hearing everything and and coming from a place of Flint, Michigan, that we've heard some of the mm -hmm. stories of Flint, Michigan, how much poverty is there, some of the things, the water uh, prices, right, the things that they don't have, and to hear a young man coming out of that uh, part of the country who at times are not looked upon to be a, a ray of light. Mm -hmm. And man, he just, he came on our show and just, just, it was like a, a shot of, it was a double espresso, man. <laughs> just a shot of caffeine. It was good. I'm, I'm hyped right now. Yeah. But the only problem is I go out there and try to run around. I'm blowing both hamstrings <laughs> and pulling the quad. You heard him blew some Achilles. So <laughs> yeah. you, 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 you're in a deficit already. My right one's structurally pretty good. My left one is. Mm. You're right though. It, just so much energy. Yep. We've got a chance to see Mark play with the Ravens going into year two, and he's he's kept that same energy. No pun intended. He, he literally has kept that energy, though, mm -hmm. and you just love to see it. The most impactful thing he said that, that left a mark with me, the best relationship he's ever had with his dad. He doesn't hold any mistakes against him. It just got me thinking I had to write this down. I wish my son and my daughter will say that about me mm. when when I'm older. Yeah, that's the That's the thing you want the most. Yeah. So not only was he high energy, not only did he show his personality, but he also gave us some real profound nuggets and showed us exactly who he is and, and what, to your point, was molded him past Flint, past his upbringing, past his dad's mistakes, and just saying, we've got the best relationship ever. Yep. And that says a lot about that dude's yeah. character. It does. It's good. So appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, hope you guys enjoy. And until um, the next episode, uh, see you guys later. Cut to it. Cut to it with Steve Smith Sr., that is me, is a production of Cut to It LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, social media manager Peyton Smith from Balto Creative Media. Cut To It is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter with production assistance by Alex Lebrecht. Production manager Sarah Pollock. Theme music by Alex Johnson. Lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. You ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.